I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And And this this is Hashtag Hashtag History. The podcast for both history nerds and history haters alike. Where we dive into history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. This is Hashtag History, episode 26. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. This week, we are discussing Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about Leonardo da Vinci, but I do feel like I am going to accidentally like swing back and forward between Leonardo DiCaprio and da Vinci. Uh-huh. Yeah. That might happen. Yeah. It and, might. Yeah. While da Vinci might not be as exciting as DiCaprio, um, we are going to dig into that topic. But before we do, Leah, I thought we could tell people right off the bat where they can find us on social media. Oh, Okay. Yeah, right up top. Throwing it throwing it out yeah, there. Yeah, just like shaking things up a little bit. Okay, get keeping me on my toes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Too>. <laughs> All right, we can be found at hashtag history. No, under the <laughs> <laughs> No, I actually right. don't I think, know. No, you know what it is. So you just like saw my face. Yeah. And, like, so you started doubting yourself. Yeah. But you were doing a great job. Hashtag history underscore podcast. This is correct. Okay. On Instagram. Yes. Yes. And we're, that's the only social media we're yep, really Yep. That's on. all we've got. Okay. We did have, um, did you see we had like a listener that's like super supportive say we should get a Twitter and she was like, I would be totally tweeting and retweeting your guys' stuff. Yeah. I did. That was very sweet. Here's a shout out to you. Thank you so much for your support. Um, I'm not a Twitter. Yeah, I was person. just gonna say I don't know if it's gonna happen. I technically have a Twitter for a personal one, but I don't actually know what the last thing. I think that I use it for complaining about things, <laughs> like to try to get money back and stuff, like airlines and stuff like that. Yeah, I should complain about my American your airlines most recent experience. experience. Yeah. I should do that. Yeah. I actually just now, this is not intentional for the purposes of this history podcast, but I just remembered I actually do have a Twitter that I created when I was like 16. Uh-huh. I probably tweeted like once and my handle is what Mrs. Is Lincoln. <laughs> okay. I think I knew that actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have always been this way. Yeah. It's nothing new. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I just wanted to share our social media information right up front for all of those people that cut out of the show once they hear the outro music playing which no harm no foul i tend to do that yeah but you're missing out guys yes you are massively missing out one because we do talk about our social media but also because at the end we started putting our bloopers which if you think we're funny (laughs) i think they're hilarious no and and maybe it's just because we we yeah. were a part of it yeah that could be it like maybe i just think i'm really funny and i find you very funny which is why we're friends but like i was laughing out loud at the bloopers from this week's episode the one that came out this week yeah for sure every 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 one since i've been putting the bloopers in, i'm just like we're so funny we're the funniest <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I do encourage you guys to listen through the outro music to the end to hear those bloopers. Um, But I also really wanted to point out our Instagram handle right at the top of this episode because this particular episode is very picture heavy. So I'm not sure if you knew this or not, Leah, but um, Da Vinci was an artist. What? Yeah. News. News. I never heard of that before. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to be looking at a lot of his drawings and pictures and paintings in this episode. And I want to make sure that you guys know where to go to view those pictures as well. 
On the same day that this episode drops, we will be sharing all of the pictures we talk about in this episode on our Instagram account so that you can follow along. So assuming you're not driving while listening to this episode, I highly encourage you to get your Insta fired up and swipe through the photos as we go through today's episode. Yes, very exciting. So like I already shared, we are talking about Leonardo da Vinci this week. I almost said DiCaprio again. Yeah, it's going to happen. Da Vinci this week. Uh Uh-huh. Now, he may seem like a pretty obvious topic. He's clearly a very popular historical figure, so it could seem kind of lame that we're covering him this week. But while I know that we can all agree that we know who da Vinci was, how much do we truly know about him? We're going to be discussing all the nitty gritty details of this infamous man in today's episode. Something else I do want to add here is that this is a 30-minute to hour-long podcast episode. We can, in no way, encompass everything that da Vinci did in his lifetime in this one episode. So know that we know that there are a handful of details about his life not included in this episode. What we did with this episode was cherry-pick the really fascinating pieces of da Vinci's life so that you have cool stories to tell at parties. Nobody does that except you. (laughs) It's not an in-depth biography, and I highly recommend you guys borrow a book about Da Vinci or go watch a documentary, travel to France and check out his artwork, or whatever it is you want to do after listening to this episode, assuming you are interested in learning more. Yeah, I'll just travel to France. Uh, Yeah, especially right now with all the travel bans. Actually, probably really cheap right now. It's dirt cheap. But before we get into that, let's do this week's cocktail segment. I hear it in my head, too, when I say cocktail segment. (laughs) So, I'm really excited about this. I am so excited about this drink. Which, we've had some not-so-great ones lately. Lately, yeah. So, I I think this week's going to be good. Which, maybe that was, like, part of why I was laughing so hard at this last week's episode, is was, like, listening to us trying to get through the condensed milk drink. The breast milk? The breast milk drink. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. It was not easy. It was not an easy experience. No, it wasn't, guys. Um, so anyways, this week, the little bit that I do know about Da Vinci's personal life is that he hails from Florence? This is correct. Okay. Yep. Question mark, question mark. Yes. You're yes. right. Yes. So suffice it to say, I'll be learning new things today because <laughs> that's pretty much all I got for you other than like what he did, like artwork and yeah. science wise, like don't know anything about it um but today's drink is called the florence fizz (sighs) for that reason love it yes so i'm actually very excited about this one as i already said i think we'll both enjoy it i found the recipe on differdsguide.com so be sure to check out the recipe there but in short it contains I'm not going to say the ounces. You can look it up when we post it to our Instagram. Sounds good. It's really hard to say like three quarters ounces. Sure, sure. One fourth ounce. Anyways, it includes lemoncello. Yum. Fresh squeezed lemon juice. Yum. Or bottled in our case. <laughs> which is funny because I literally have a bag of lemons on my counter, but we were you know what? <laughs> we couldn't be bothered to it's squeeze been, them. Yeah, this is after a long ass work day, guys. Yeah. It's a hump day, too. Ugh, yeah. That I thought was a Thursday, though. That's the worst part. Oh, is it was like midday. I was like, wait, it's what, what, Wednesday? Yeah. 
okay the rest of this day is gonna suck now thanks that's really bad yeah it sucks um elderflower cordial cordial which we use what did we use it's elderflower liqueur liqueur so and it's i'm assuming delicious. it's we've similar. had it in a previous drink yeah, yeah hopefully it's similar um and then pomegranate juice and prosecco prosecco on top is that how you pronounce it not a clue i think so the double c's yeah would be a c- yeah. yeah. Okay. So you pour the limoncello, lemon juice, elderflower, cordial into a glass. Um, you add crushed ice, which I didn't do this right. And then you're supposed to layer the pomegranate juice and then more crushed ice and layer the Prosecco on top. It kind of all mixed together. It looks fantastic still. Okay. Um, fun fact, just for you, Rachel. Mm. <laughs> She looks scared. I don't know. It's not that fun. Is it about Da Vinci? Is no. It about Florence? Ah. Is it about Prosecco? No. Much like Champagne, it can technically only come from the region of Champagne in France. <gasps> um, Prosecco is only made and produced in Prosecco, Italy. <gasps> so that's like the difference. So that's like if you see a bottle of sparkling white wine in the it's like te- it's like Champagne, but they can't call it Champagne because oh. it's not from Champagne. That's very cool. Yeah. Did not know that. That's super cool. Uh Uh-huh. So Prosecco is technically closer to Croatia than it is to Florence, but we're going to overlook that fact. Yeah. Because it's Italy. Overlooked. It's Italy. Yeah. It's all the same. Okay. So now we get to try it. And I should also note that Rachel made me bring in the Prosecco, (laughs) the bottle of Prosecco for when she finishes the drink, she will just be drinking the Prosecco. Possibly straight from the bottle. Yeah. I'm not sick. (laughs) No Corona over here. Here we go. Cheers. Oh, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Sorry, you already started drinking. Oh, did you make a gaggy sound? No. Okay. I was. That was more like a, I'm oh. too lazy. To, is it good? Whew. Sit back and relax. Mm. Mm. Is this the best drink we've ever had on this podcast? I. It's up there with the Frank Sinatra drink for me. What was Frank Sinatra again? The blueberry mash. That w- yeah, you're right. You know why this drink tastes so good? It's because you spent 50 bucks to make this glass. Yeah, that limoncello was like $27. Yikes. Worth it. And then Prosecco was like, I think, almost 20. Mm. Because I could have just, like I said, gotten champagne or gotten like sparkling white wine, but I was like, you were legit. Prosecco. (sighs) It's good. This is. I'm I'm going to say 10 out of 10. Yeah, I I would agree with that, actually. Oh my god! Guys, have we ever We've had never a done that, <gasps> guys? If you like fruity, florally, lemony drinks, yeah, fizzy, fizzy champagne-like drinks. Oh my god, is this for you? So good. Okay, so that drink is fantastic. It is. I love it. Um, before we dive into the things not everybody knows about Da Vinci, let's start with the things that absolutely every person on the planet knows him for. Although he was many things, one of the most well-known aspects of da Vinci were his paintings. In fact, da Vinci is considered one of the most infamous painters of all time, even though there are only 16 confirmed pieces of artwork that he produced. Nevertheless, this artwork is indeed infamous. Leah, we're going to look at a few of his paintings throughout this episode, and I am confident that you have seen them all before, no less than probably a thousand times. Great. Yes. So Leonardo di Ser Piero da Vinci. Good. That's his full name. Enough. Yeah. Okay. Good. Enough. (laughs) 
He was born on either April 14th or 15th of 1452 in Vinci, which is within Florence, Italy, which, as everyone knows, was the happening place during the Renaissance period. Mm -hmm. He was born out of wedlock, (gasps) which was a huge deal then, to a wealthy man by the name of Piero da Vinci and his mom, a peasant woman named Caterina. Ooh, scandal. Yes. As was common in those days, young men tended to take up apprenticeships as a means of learning a trade. Da Vinci began his apprenticeship under Verrocchio. Verrocchio. Yes, Verrocchio. Not Verrocchio, who was, at the time, the leading painter and sculptor in Florence. Verrocchio had been trained by Donatello and was the official sculptor for the Medici family, which... If that name sounds familiar, that is because the Medici family was the ruling family in Florence, Italy for over 300 years. Yeah. So clearly an apprenticeship under Verrocchio was a big, big deal. Da Vinci quickly excelled. There's even, um, there's this story. It's more of a myth, actually, that Da Vinci was so talented that when he took up a paintbrush and demonstrated his skills, Verrocchio never again painted. Oh. Yeah. This is a big exaggeration, but there is a little bit of truth to it. It was common for famous painters to often have their apprentices assist with their paintings, for which the apprentices would receive zero credit. Mm-hmm. In fact, historians and scientists have gone back over some of Verrocchio's paintings and have worked to identify which portions of the paintings can be attributed to da Vinci. Historians actually x-rayed some of Verrocchio's paintings, were able to fairly easily differentiate Verrocchio's strokes from those of da Vinci's, and were therefore able to locate exactly which portions of which pieces da Vinci, and not Verrocchio, was responsible for. I've uploaded the most infamous example of one of Verrocchio's paintings here for us to look at, and I'm going to point out to you, Leo, which portion of this particular painting should have actually been credited to young da Vinci. For our listeners, um, the painting that we are looking at now, it is called The Baptism of Christ. What Am I just describing just, it? Yeah, go ahead and just describe the picture, and then I will tell you which piece was 100% Da Vinci's. Okay, so it's very um, Renaissance-y, a mm-hmm. renaissance painting of um, Jesus, I'm assuming, um, with someone, it looks like, holding um, a plate over his head. <laughs> It's called the baptism of Christ. So I'm assuming he's pouring Oh my god, over. he's pouring yeah. water over his yeah. head. And then there's two angels sitting on the side looking like they're gossiping about the whole sitch. Yes. So, looking at that picture, yes. The angels there on the left-hand side of the painting, you know, so like a third of the painting, yes. that was done entirely by Da Vinci. Historians can tell this not only from studying da Vinci and knowing his signature style, and not only from analyzing the difference in brushstrokes between those of da Vinci and those of Verrocchio, they were also able to determine that it was da Vinci that created the angel, the angel, the, because the angels are the only portion of this painting done with oil. The remainder, yeah, the remainder, and you can tell, like when you look at the picture, I feel like they look very, um, painterly. would you say painterly? I feel like they look like they're standing off of the picture. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like they look a little more maybe three D ish. They look different mm-hmm. when you look at this picture. You can tell they look different. Um, the remainder of this painting it was done with tempera, which for anyone that is not familiar with what tempera is, it's actually um, it's basically like pigmented water and egg yolk on top of wood. 
So painting with oil, that was a really new and revolutionary thing at this time and something that da Vinci became known for. Da Vinci became a very skilled painter. In fact, he became perhaps the most famous painter in the world. In only 2017, a painting of da Vinci sold for $450 million, making it the most expensive piece of artwork ever sold. So let's talk about da Vinci's paintings and why they were such a big freaking deal. <laughs> All right, guess it's time to pour the Prosecco. Yeah, I've already finished my drink. How how many minutes are we into this episode? Not long enough. No. Yeah, but I finished the drink already because it's that good. I did already have a drink with dinner, though. So Okay, so there's... And I have not had a drink in, like, almost two weeks, I think. So you might need to stay here a while before you drive home is that what you're well, telling it's, me you have enough blankets in here in the recording room that i could just lay down you could <laughs> okay so yes let's talk about why his paintings are such a big deal we're going to start with the most famous smile in the world do you know what i'm talking about leah yes the mona lisa <laughs> it was like prompting like <laughs> yes of course we're talking about the mona lisa which although you've seen the picture a hundred million times mm-hmm. go ahead and check it out while i describe the painting and why it's such a big deal okay so i will be honest i love museums you know that and i also really do love art museums mm-hmm. but i definitely feel like a phony when i'm in an art museum and trying to figure out why all the pieces are art do you feel this way ever? Like, I feel like some paintings, I'm like, yes, I get it. And then other ones that just look like splatters on a board and are worth like $1,500. So you're not a fan of Jackson Pollock? Not a huge, like, I just don't get it, I think. Okay. I I mean, I, I could go, I could swing either way. And I think it's actually specifically due cause, to the fact that I took an art history class freshman year of college. <laughs> I should have. And it, like blew my mind i took a humanities course in college and that was really good it, i liked humanities did you ever take a humanities Mm-mm. class because it was like art history plus like history history so you learned about like the medici family yeah like all their history and stuff but then you also learned like the artwork at the time and we were able to like our test would just be maybe this is how it was in art history too like just pictures yeah and from just the pictures you could tell like the styles and stuff and you'd be able to say this was created in 1400 this was created in yep. the 1500s this, that's that was pretty cool. much exactly what we did yeah i still don't really understand art very much that's okay okay it's been like a long time since junior college here's how much i dorked out when i was just in chicago uh-huh. one of the receptions was at the art or the art institute yes um museum uh-huh. I, I know what you're talking about yeah and so they had a, um, oh my God, why can't I even think of the word? Exhibit? Yeah, they had an exhibit uh-huh. of impressionist um, art, art. Uh-huh. which is like Renoir and stuff. Tell yep. me why I didn't realize how much of a nerd I I truly, I didn't realize this <laughs> until I see like a Renoir across the way and I'm like, oh my God, it's a Renoir! Oh and my I God. run up and I look at it and I'm like, look at the floor, like the painting. I love look, it. Look at the strokes. It's And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. God, I'm a nerd. And for me, it was like when we did our London trip last year, 80% of that trip was spent in museums, naturally. When we got to the art museum in London, that was the museum I spent like the most time sitting down and resting my feet and yeah. like just chilling out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's okay. okay. No judgment. No yeah. judgment. Someone out there is judging me right now. I, I don't know if anyone is. Like art is... It's literally just whatever you like. So if you don't it's like subjective. something, it's subjective. 
Okay, well, I say all of that to say that I did do a lot of research when putting together this episode to understand just why the Mona Lisa is as infamous as it is. Okay. Um, the main thing here is the smile. This smile is the big deal because in order to achieve this ever so slight elusive smile that the Mona Lisa has, da Vinci spent years studying human faces and studying facial muscles and the nerves that are utilized to make such a slight smile like that. And depending upon the angle you're at when looking at the picture, it can almost look like she's not smiling at all. Her smile is considered to be somewhat of an optical illusion. Some of the notoriety that the painting received also came about in 1911 when, dun, 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 someone stole the Mona Lisa. What? Swarms of people went to gaze upon the empty spot on the wall at the Louvre where the Mona Lisa once stood, which can you imagine paying for an admission ticket with the intent of going to stare at a blank wall? That's like, that's kind of weird to me. It wasn't until two years later that the painting was located. It was an Italian immigrant that used to work at the Louvre. Fitting frames had stolen it and was only caught when he attempted to sell it to an art dealer in Florence. Come on, dude. I know. Amateur move, man. Seriously. Additionally, just the fact that the painting is showcased at the Louvre, one of the most infamous museums in all the world, adds to its allure. I read a lot of articles about the Mona Lisa and almost all of them agree that it isn't one single thing that makes it such an infamous painting. It's a combination of all the things. Something that I don't think many people know about the Mona Lisa though, is that it's only 30 inches by 21 inches. Mm -hmm. So check out the second picture that I uploaded at the Mona Lisa to see just how small the painting really is. Yeah. So I, I've been to the Louvre. Yeah, you have. I haven't. Alex has. And yeah. This is and and this is exact. This is so realistic. Here is you're literally taking pictures over other tourists, and this room is a giant room that is filled to the brim with people. Just for this, just picture. for this picture, I don't think I spent more than five seconds in there. That's what Alex said too. He said, like, obviously he was at the Louvre. When you're at the Louvre, of course you go see the Mona Lisa. He saw like the crazy crowd, and he was like, "I'm good. Never mind." There's about a. Th- million thousand other things to see at the Louvre so I was like I'm okay okay now let's talk about one of da Vinci's other super famous paintings and before I show it to you do you have any thoughts what it it is Leah I mean it's written on the script but (laughs) without looking ahead would you have guessed that that was the one uh yeah I I I would yes I feel like if I again I'm not like the art history major if I had to guess da Vinci's like a couple of his paintings it would of course been the Mona Lisa and then this one here the last supper yeah the only other one that I might have like thought is the one with um the man with we're his getting arm. there okay <laughs> shut my mouth right now we're getting there give it a couple more minutes okay Okay, so we're looking at the Last Supper painting, and the reason why this painting is so infamous is because of the way that it was painted to look like a live motion picture. So Leah, you and I both grew up in church, so we're familiar with the story of Jesus telling his disciples at the Last Supper, one of you will betray me. And, you know, they're all looking at him and responding in the negative, not me, Lord, surely not I, and so on. You can see that in this picture. You can see in this picture that idea of the game telephone where those closest to Jesus heard what he said and then trickled the information down the line to those further away from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ever hear Rachel like giggling <laughs> through what she's talking about, it's because my cat is attacking my fort. Can you close the door? Yeah. It's, I've, I've built us a, a fort of blankets. 
and he's just attacking everything and it's slowly going it, to come crashing yeah, down on us yeah that that's the funniest part is like slowly watching an avalanche occurring behind leah <laughs> Oh anyway okay so i wanted to cover da vinci's painting accolades since that is what he is most known for but da vinci was a genius in many areas outside of the world of art in fact da vinci has long been considered a polymath any ideas what that means mm, i'm gonna guess good at multiple types of math no that's ish wrong. Uh, you're close okay go ahead and read the exact webster's definition there a person of wide ranging knowledge or learning okay so me basically wow <laughs> was that a bit much <laughs> that's a bit much wow. but aka da vinci was a badass yeah he was not only was da vinci a skilled painter he was also a musician mathematician scientist engineer chemist geologist zoologist and more so now we're going to look at one of those drawings um, that Da Vinci did, the drawing that you already talked about. It's the Vitruvian Man, which, again, I'm confident you've seen before, Leah, because you said you've seen it before. Yes. Um, I'm every, like, who hasn't seen this picture? I feel like it was on, there was a point in time where it was on t-shirts. Yeah, that sounds right. Like, lots of t-shirts. That sounds it. right. Anyways, it's um, a guy... And it show it's I don't know how to describe it. It's like a drawing of a guy, and it shows him in uh, two different positions. One is like just straight on, and then the other one is his legs are spread and his arms are slightly raised. That's all I got. Yeah, okay. no, uh, that's how I would describe it. Da Vinci's ability to capture the correct proportions of a human male were pretty revolutionary at the time. Additionally, it speaks to how multi-talented he was in his ability to capture both the scientific world and the artistic world in one. Now, here's where we get into some juicy stuff. Ooh, this is Be- what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> because in order to have such a phenomenal, realistic interpretation of the human body, Da Vinci needed real human bodies to analyze. And he didn't just observe bodies on a peripheral level. No, he dissected them. Oh, yeah. Thing is, dissection was illegal unless you were a doctor, and Da Vinci was not. There have long been stories that Da Vinci paid grave robbers to obtain bodies for him. There are even stories that he perhaps became buddy-buddy with a hospital director that was also able to obtain cadavers for him. He did eventually receive permission to dissect bodies for scientific purposes, but he still needed somebody to get him those bodies over the course of his life, he ended up dissecting a total of 30 bodies. Paolo Giavi? Giavi. The first Da Vinci biographer said of Da Vinci, he learned to dissect the cadavers of criminals in under inhumane, disgusting conditions. Ooh, so that's gross. Yeah. And something I think a lot of people didn't know about Da Vinci. How was he able to get these fantastic, realistic depictions of humans... Uh, because he had like the bodies of criminals in his house kind of dextered it up yeah yeah just a little bit yeah gross so think about that the next time you see a da vinci painting Mm, yum delicious yummy (laughs) through da vinci's research he was able to make huge strides in the medical field he was actually the very first person to describe the s shape of the spine a lot of his research also led to this the discovery that the sacrum was not one unit, but the fusion of five vertebrae. 
Because da Vinci was such an incredible artist, he was actually the very first person ever to draw human lungs, the appendix, reproductive organs, and more with enough accuracy that could actually lead to better scientific research for surgeons. Very cool. In addition to all of this, da Vinci was also an inventor. (laughs) He's a bit of a show off at this point, right? Seriously. (laughs) Come on, guys. And again, in this facet of his life, his artistic abilities really came in handy. Da Vinci was actually the first person to perfect the concept of the exploded view of a piece of machinery so that you could analyze specific internal parts. So like, you know, when you're putting together a couch from Ikea and they have that zoomed in view of how exactly you attach the armrest to the rest of the couch. Yeah. We have Da Vinci to thank for that. Thanks, dude. That's cool. Thanks, Leo. (laughs) One of the greatest inventions that Da Vinci is credited for is the parachute. Now, he wasn't actually the first person to invent the parachute, but his parachute was the first structurally sound enough to be created. And in only just 2000, a British skydiver actually proved that Da Vinci's parachute could be built and successfully worked based on Da Vinci's original drawings. Wow. That's pretty cool. I didn't, I hadn't heard about that. That's really, really amazing since he was doing this in the 1400s. Yes. Da Vinci had a bit of an obsession with flight. In fact, there is this story that as a baby, he remembers a hawk hovering over his cradle, which is creepy. Yeah. (laughs) And from that moment on, he was obsessed with the idea of flight. In addition to the parachute, he also invented a hang glider that has also since been proven to work successfully in today's day and age. That I did know. Did you? Mm -hmm. I don't know how, but I did. It's super impressive. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say all of his inventions were a success. Da Vinci also drew an aerial screw, which resembles kind of like a modern day helicopter. And even though Da Vinci insisted that it could fly, modern day engineers now know that would have been impossible. Yeah. He also invented somewhat of a robot. Uh, it was basically shaped like a little mechanical human being that could actually stand, sit, and move its arm on its own, which is creepy. Yeah. If you ask me. No, I don't like that. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Finally, let's talk about Da Vinci himself and who he was as a person. Da Vinci as a person is somewhat of a mystery. We don't know very much about him outside of his successes. Something to note, though, about his successes is that they weren't particularly recognized during his lifetime. Before even listening to this episode, everyone knows that Da Vinci is one of, if not the, most famous artist of all time. This was not the case during his life, though. In fact, given the fact that he was primarily self-taught and did not have a formal education, many people disregarded him. Much of his success wasn't achieved until after he had already passed. I feel like that's true of most artists. A lot. That's I always think of um, Jane Austen oh, when yeah. I think of people that like posthumously or like, po- po- did I say that right? Posthumous. Yeah. Pos- yeah. Or like finally recognized jane austen is very much one of those people i think of um with the with the swirly um you know the painting with the swirls the night sky van Gogh. Go. yes Samuel. yeah i oh, think shit. yeah i think of van Gogh. yes and I, I think we can say that with like a lot of um nowadays like music artists and stuff when they sadly pass away then all of a sudden especially when they're young and they pass away all of a sudden then they get like Praise. Uh, Yeah, praise, and they get all these awards and all of this. Yeah. Something else that's pretty fascinating about Da Vinci is the fact that he was both ambidextrous and dyslexic, which makes his writings an absolute nightmare to translate. Oh. He wrote from right to left, meaning that the majority of his writing can only be read when holding it up against a mirror. What the f? Isn't that weird? 
There was a lot of fluff about this to create a narrative in Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code book to suggest that Da Vinci intentionally wrote in this manner in order to maintain a secret code. Not not real. No. He just had a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Insofar as relationships and sexuality are concerned, even less is known about Da Vinci. See, this is what I wanted to know. Even though we have tens of thousands of articles of his writings to this day, none of them contain anything about a romantic encounter or relationship, and we know that he never married. There is one passage in some of his writing that makes me laugh, so I had to put it in here. He stated that the act of procreation and anything that has any relation to it is so disgusting that human beings would soon die out if there was no pretty faces and sensuous disposition. I'm going to guess asexual then. We're getting there. Oh. Literally in like, give it two seconds. Okay. I feel like <laughs> I just keep ruining everything. <laughs> no, you're just so smart that you're jumping ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I swear I didn't read it ahead of time. <laughs> the only record that we have that gives any idea regarding Da Vinci's sexuality is by way of a criminal charge. In 1476, Da Vinci and three other men were all accused of sodomy with a 17-year-old male prostitute. Because one of the accused was close friends with the Medici family, they were all able to get off the hook. But this incident provides us with potentially some insight into Da Vinci's sexuality. Mm. Many historians have believed for years that Da Vinci was homosexual, given his affinity to draw males more than females. There was even a drawing in one of Da Vinci's notebooks in 1478, so just two years after the sodomy incident, in which Da Vinci drew two men in an intimate position and he appeared to write something below the picture along the lines of, he is my beloved friend as though he were my dot, dot, dot. Oh. He never finished the writing. Love it. Florence was a very fluid city at this time, though, and many other artists, such as Michelangelo, although he was not willing to be open about it, were known homosexuals. Mm -hmm. Da Vinci was a popular guy with friends in nearly every category possible mathematicians, poets, artists, scientists, doctors, and more. It also didn't hurt that Da Vinci was apparently a super good looking dude. Which is interesting because I feel like he's mostly depicted as like an old. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he was a super good looking dude from what we hear. Um, that Vitruvian man picture that we looked at previously, the one with the arms and legs and stuff in different position. Legend has it that that is actually a self-portrait. I didn't know that. Yeah. At the age of 65, paralysis set in in Da Vinci's right hand. Bummer. Making it, yeah. Like, that's like the worst that, that happened. That is literally a, an artist's nightmare. Yeah. It made it basically impossible for him to finish several of his current painting projects. Did you know that supposedly Mona Lisa is unfinished? Yes, I did know that. You did know that. Did they say it's the eyebrows, right? <laughs> Oh, oh God! I've cut it out. It. Cut it out. No, keep it. You're brilliant. Yes, like <laughs> Leah said, if you will look at that Mona Lisa picture that we talked about earlier, you'll notice that she has no eyebrows and no eyelashes. According to some sources, this was intentional, and there's actually even um, some historians and stuff have done x-rays that look like perhaps he originally put eyebrows and then, on like, her painted and over, painted over. Yeah. correct uh, but according to other sources knowing that the mona lisa was one of da vinci's last works believed that the lack of facial hair was not on purpose but because he physically couldn't do it on may 2nd 1519 da vinci died at the age of 67 it's generally believed that he died as a result of a stroke
like I mentioned at the top of the episode, there is so, so much more to discuss about Da Vinci, but we just wanted to provide you guys with a quick snapshot of the man behind the paintings. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Hashtag History. We will post the pictures, and there were a lot of them, from this episode to our Instagram. All sources used to put this episode together can be found on our website. If you enjoyed the episode, do us a favor and subscribe to Hashtag History on whatever podcast platform you use, share it with a friend, and give us a rate and review. And even though I said it already, and I'll get it right this time, (laughs) be sure to check us out on Instagram. We're at Hashtag History underscore podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. None of them contain anything about ro- a romantic account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, what is he even doing? Playing. And we're able to fairly easily. <laughs> it should just the top come. of it? No. It- or this needs yeah. to come off. There you go. <gasps> oh, my God. Corset. <laughs> <laughs> Port. Oh. It's going to be one of those nights, eh? Okay. Even though, oh my god, your cat freaks me out sometimes, and I knew he was about to do that too because I had my hand like on my leg and was moving it, and he was watching it for a while. Oh man. Um, Da Vinci. (laughs) I don't know where I was. Oh my gosh, something's gonna come crashing (laughs) down on me. come down on top of you. Continue. But where was I? I have no idea. Uh, So Da Vinci, who was at the time... What? I just read your note. Where I say no ch- sound. That's why That's why I was going like slow and hesitantly was because I had to read ahead before I could read what I actually was supposed to read. Because I did look up the pronunciation. <laughs> your cat's going to bring down the whole room. The best part is that like the tower above you is like slowly getting closer and closer to you. Oh my god. <sighs> All right. So... <laughs>